Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. My external manifestation is 100% a reflection of what's going on inside of me. So whatever is happening in my business is happening inside me. Doing business is not the hard part. The hard part is keep expanding into success that you or your family has never seen before. This week on Woken Wired, while I am away on a vacation in Israel, my guest is Susie Batiste. I have been wanting to speak with her for months, and I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. Susie is the founder of Poopery and Supernatural, and she is quite known for talking about transformation, liberation, freedom, and using business as a spiritual exploration. So whether she is transforming literal shit into pleasant smelling experience with Poopery, this is, by the way, her official bio, or the household cleaning industry from toxicity to um, therapeutic magic with supernatural, or people's lives with her growing personal brand, Susie is a revolutionary explorer of infinite potential in the playground of life, who loves to inspire others and bring them along for the ride. Susie has experienced some of life's lowest lows from poverty to sexual abuse and domestic abuse, depression, two bankruptcies, and a suicide attempt. And all of that led her to what she calls the luxury of losing everything. After harnessing the power of intuition, her journey led her to building her businesses from the ground up without ever taking a dollar outside of her investment. She harnessed the power of true transformation and turned alive ideas into $500 million plus empire and recently made it on the Forbes list of America's richest self-made women. So Susie is a mentor of Amy Jo Martin, and Amy Jo Martin is a mentor of mine. I have taken Amy Jo Martin's Renegade Brand Boot Camp, which is boot camp for anyone who is ready to uplevel your personal brand and your business using social media. And Susie, in her turn, is mentored by Kitty and Gay Hendricks. And Gay Hendricks is the author of many books, including The Big Leap. So I could say that I'm part of this absolutely incredible lineage of people who do business in such an aligned way and are just committed to expansion, both of themselves, their businesses, and everyone around them. And in this conversation, we talk about business, intuition, spirituality, building a personal brand, building a company, and not being stopped by adversity and difficulties that come up as you do a big business project. We talk about what Susie is the most excited about, a course she has coming up, and her own process for creating businesses and for overcoming any limiting beliefs to step into the next level of her expansion. We talk about accepting your shadow, accepting and facing all of your emotions as a big step towards feeling internal abundance, and a lot of other things. I'm going to let you just listen to the episode to find out for yourself what else is out there, and I invite you to really receive the vibrations that are behind Susie's words. 
Susie is truly someone who is redefining what it means to be a businesswoman, what it means to be successful, and her unapologetic way of embracing it all and really carrying herself in all her power, in all that she's experienced in her lifetime is truly inspiring. If you are moved or inspired by any part of this conversation, please share it on social media and tag at Susie Batiz, S-U-Z-Y-B-A-T-I-Z, and at Woke and Wired. And if you haven't yet taken a moment to leave a rating and review to the podcast on iTunes, please do so. Just head over to the podcast's app on iTunes and scroll to the bottom and hit leave a rating. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing your presence with us. And if you want to tap more into the conversation about conscious social media and how it can really be used to create business and presence that is aligned with who you are and where you're going, then head over to wokenwire.com slash social dash media to learn about the conscious social media program that I am leading. The live program launches again July 15th, 2019. And I would love to see you there if it's something that speaks to you. All right, here's Susie Batiste. So usually there's a couple of minutes where me and my guests have off the record conversation, but I was just, as soon as I started tuning into the energy of this conversation earlier today, I was just, I just knew that we have to record it all. So here we go. Susie, welcome. Hi. I am so excited to have you on. I discovered you probably about a year ago through the Almost 30 podcast, and I'm not really... I don't really listen to that many podcasts, but somehow you your name came up somewhere and I just was so drawn to it and I listened to it. And the way you talk about business, intuition, energy was so refreshing and every cell of my being was just like, whoa, this is exactly what I want my whole life to be about. This is all I talk about as well. This is what makes me alive. And then a few months later, Amy Jo Martin came my way and the Renegade Brand Bootcamp. And at some point I found out that the in-person weekend was at your house at the church or the Temple of Transformation. And immediately it's just like all these wires got connected. Yeah, we just started, we just put that Forbes Richest Stuff Made Women list on my bio. And normally I don't tout those kind of things, but it's really kind of a big deal. And the reason it's a big deal is I've really come to terms with I'm basically a spiritual explorer that happens to create through businesses at this point in my life. And what I realize is what that list does is just give me a little bit more street cred, right? For people listening to me. I wrote a course 14 years ago that I'm going to be putting out in the next couple of months. And it's basically, I wrote it right before Poopery. I had five women in the course and it was basically how you can create and manifest the life of your, of your dreams. And I just found the binder. And when I look back at what I knew 14 years ago, like I'm amazed. So I realized I needed to manifest in business because if I'm teaching people how to create an amazing life, I'm a very authentic person. I can't really sell something I haven't done. So I needed to go out and spend the next decade creating that epic life, right? So that then I can go back and go, see, I told you, this is how it's done. So, okay, here we go. Let's go. Which is really fun for me. I feel like it's the Dorothy, you know, Wizard of Oz moment of she had it all along kind of thing. 
So I'm really a spiritual explorer. If you look at my Instagram, if you follow me there or on my newsletter, I'm going to be talking to you about alive ideas. I'm going to be talking to you about energy, the flow of energy in your life. And sure, it has to do with business, but it's also in your personal life, your creative flow, your creative expression. There's no stopping. Energy is everywhere and everything. Right. It's so interesting what you said that you're a spiritual explorer that creates through businesses. And this is exactly the intention of this podcast is to bring our inner world, our intuition, our energetic work together with the outside world through business using the means of social media, of the internet, because I really see the internet and social media as a manifestation tool and anyone anywhere in the world can create anything they want if they just use this tool and align it what, with what's within them and their purpose. The, the question that I keep exploring myself that seems like you've mastered that I would love you to share your a view on is, is that when I go, let's say last week, I actually went to this five-day gathering of 40 indigenous leaders in a forest. There were people from Mexico and Peru and New Zealand, truly, truly today, some of the most powerful healers and indigenous leaders. And when I'm at gatherings like that, sitting in ceremony, connecting with the land, connecting with those souls, I get so confused about the work and making money in business. Even though my work is very aligned with who I am and what I do, there's still this, it's this interesting exploration of how do you merge being a forest fairy and being a spiritual being and then managing bank accounts, managing employees, you know, releasing an online course. What's your experience with that kind of merging those two worlds? One of mine, I don't know where the quote came from, but I've heard it before, but be in this world, not of this world. And that rings very true for me. It's like, how can I, because I could, I've often been told, like in my personality profile, that I really have two opposing things going on. On one hand, I can be a monk setting in a cave for the rest of my life. On the other hand, I have this incredibly vibrant business mind of where I just want to create, right? Or to bring ideas and manifest them in this world. So I really feel like I'm bridging both worlds. And it's taken me many years because I'll tell you, when I wrote this course 14 years ago, I was not in this world. I had just finished Byron Katie and I'd been in her camp for about four years, super ethereal. I was sitting at home listening to Gangaji, crying every day, more peaceful than I've ever been in my entire life. And that is one thing, and it's an incredible way to live. But what I realized is that I also want to show, I want to teach what I found out. So how do I do that not being in this world? So I realized that you have to do both. And I remember one one story that comes into play is, as you know, I've done a lot of shamanic journeying, and I was coming home from an ayahuasca ceremony, this is probably 10 years ago. And we had been going down to Peru. Our family was really pretty, you know, I really thought I was going to be a shaman. And it was probably about nine years ago. And I remember sitting at my desk and something scary happens in business, some big, there's a competitor, whatever, you can fill in the blank. I don't even remember now, but at the time it was really, you know, a big deal, supposedly. And I remember sitting at my desk and looking around and I'm like, oh my God, I'm in ceremony. And what I realized is that ceremony isn't, like the medicine is always here. We're always in the medicine. We are always in ceremony. 
So how can I walk and how can I be in this world, but not of this world, meaning whatever scary things are coming at me, whatever awards, Forbes, Riches, Self-Made Women, if you're in ceremony, you can experience that, but you aren't that, right? So that is, that's my practice. It's like, oh, great. You know, I'm going to feel and process those feelings through my body, but that is not who I am. I'm 100% clear of that. Any drama that happens in my life, like I just went through a thing for a month with attorneys and, you know, big fears coming up, you know, really releasing old religious programming. Like it was pretty brutal. But what I realized is that's not me either. Like I have a center point of who I am and I'm not disillusioned by the story very long. I may get into it for a minute and then I'm like, hold on, I am not any of this, right? I am beyond all of this and it's still fun to be in the world and create. So be in this world, not of this world. That's my practice. Hmm. And what does it look like to you to always be in ceremony? What are some perhaps the daily practices or how you approach business to really keep bringing that kind of presence? My external manifestation is 100% a reflection of what's going on inside of me. So whatever is happening in my business is happening inside me. So I, while I may be trying to move some levers in this world, I'm moving bigger lever, levers inside my being. And I'll tell you one story. For example, I went through four COOs. And I'm talking about betrayals, people starting their own, you know, factories behind my back and then, you know, pumping our product through it. One guy had been in prison for like seven years and defrauded the government. I was like, what the hell is going on? I'd been through like six assistants. Like, what is going on? Like, at some point you have to go, I'm creating this, right? It's either I'm totally suck at hiring, which obviously I do. But then also the bigger picture is through what lens am I looking in order to hire these people? And what I realized in going through EMDR and different you know, ceremonies was that I, my first memory was cooking for my parents at four years old. So I had a story that I'm not supported. So how, what lens am I looking through when I see a candidate like, oh boy, you're really screwed up. This is going to be great, right? Because you are going to reflect back to me that story that is going on inside of me. So I do my deep work, my deep practice. I'm in therapy. I'm in ceremonies. I'm like, show me all of it. I get that rewired within my nervous system, within my subconscious mind. And for two years, I've had Boyd, who's my senior VP of ops. He is the most solid, stable, like literally we cry with each other because I know what he has given me, the sense of support that I never had in my life, right? So that's what I mean. So to me, that is a ceremony and people call it business, but it, to me, it's way more than business. This is just a vehicle for showing me what's going on inside of me. So you're talking about moving those energetic levers first, and then in the external world, it manifests in your business, right? Yeah. Yes. So what levers did you have to move to get on the Forbes list? Tell me about that expansion. What happened? Yeah, really, that was a big one. Because when they first called me, I was just shocked. Like, what? What, what do you mean? And could this happen? And then, you know, then we kind of argued about, you know, that whatever, list I'm on and, you know, whatever, whatever ranking I am. And I was like, why am I arguing about this? Like, what is going on inside of me? 
And what I've realized is that what I realized during that process is there's a part of me that said, yes, I'm ready. Let's go. I want to use any level of success that I have in order to talk about what we're talking about right now, because it's not about business. I want to show people that really this is a spiritual journey. This just happens to be the way you're creating. It's just like a painting. And once I start doing those internal really working on inside my being, insecurity, unworthiness, really, I'm talking about cleaning out corners and cobwebs that were still there, right? It's like, what, why am I holding myself back? What am I doing to not shine my light more in the world? Fear of exposure, right? I'm going to get hurt. I had to go back. I did generational healing, you know, because if you outshine, if, if I were to be more successful, I'm the, the most successful person in any part of my lineage on both sides of my mom and dad's family. Like, what does that mean? Right? You're breaking all those old chains. So I'm talking serious, deep work that I had to do. And then of course, you know, I land on this, this, this list. And there's something bigger even coming out after this that I can't announce, but that is a hundred percent manifestation. Not only me saying yes, but me saying yes. And let me clear out and remove any barrier that's keeping this from being as epic as possible. And that's what I've done. Also facing what if it comes out and they say, I'm a bit, what if they say I'm the worst business person in the world? How am I then? This one goes back to be in this world, Susie, not of this world people's opinions, whatever they do, whatever they say, keep your voice clear, keep it loud. Like all of that work, which has been major work for the past two months since Forbes came to even interview me. It's been a really radical, fruitful journey. So you might want to go, I'm sitting here celebrating like, woohoo! I'm going, holy shit, right? Let's do some work here, Susie. Where are you? And then I'm still doing that work. How can my mentor, Gay Hendricks, has a commitment. And he says, I commit to expanding my capacity for abundance, love, and joy every day as I inspire others to do the same. What I say in business, doing business is not the hard part. The hard part is keep expanding into success that you or your family has never seen before. That's the hard part. Mm. Your fears are not the hard part. Getting over a fear is easy. The hard part to me, my experience has been expanding into my greatness. Are you kidding me? Like, woo, that's where shit gets real. <laughs> There's no place to hide. <laughs> right. And Susie, in your experience, how practically, how does that work look like? What are some of the things that impacted your expansion most? Yeah, really just, again, looking at my external world. And going, that's Gay teaches in one of his books. I'll have to ask him, might be in the Big Leap or Conscious Living, but he has an exercise and he says, write down everything in your life you don't like. That's basically the commitment that you have, which I'll take it a little bit further, like with a Dr. Bruce Lipton kind of thing, is that that is the way your subconscious mind was programmed. So you are walking in that reality. Relationships is something I'm working on right now, you know, romantic relationships and, you know, looking at all of those barriers that I have from really opening and accepting love. And we're talking like not just my experience, which was not a great experience in relationships, you know, with my mom, my dad, my family was very dysfunctional, but also those lineage because you carry that energy into your world. 
so I really look at going, what do I want to change? What is not turning me on and alive within me? And then what work can I do inside me? And then just watching it sort of, not sort of, but watching it manifest. It's really pretty magical, but it's really not magic because your your day, you are operating 95% by your subconscious mind. I think it's 95 or something percent. It's only like five to 7% of your day is operated from your conscious mind. So if we are a computer program, how can I keep changing that program? If I had a virus in my computer, I would take it to the Apple store. So I go to EMDR, I do hypnosis, I do psych K, I do somatic based therapy, coaching, like every single week. I spend at least four to five hours a week in some sort of therapy or coaching. Mm. What's EMDR? I've never heard about that. It's called eye movement desensitization response. And it's even though it's not eye movement anymore, you can look on Parnell Institute for a therapist. But it what it basically does is takes you back into trauma. It's really effective for PTSD. It takes you back into trauma and you reframe it. But as you're reframing it, there is a, a vibration happening on your hands and in your ears. So it's literally breaking the synopsis in your brain. Hmm. That synopsis is, that was formed. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's hugely impactful. Yeah, so I'm only, Dr. Amen at the Amen Clinic, his director is the one who told me these things physically change the brain. So you can go to cognitive behavioral therapy, but he said it does not, from what they've seen, it doesn't change the physical brain. What they've seen change the physical brain are hypnosis, EMDR, and somatic therapy, which is body-centered therapy. So is it similar to plant medicine in that way? I think so. You know, I don't think, I'm not a huge proponent. I drank ayahuasca, you know, almost a hundred times. I love plant medicines and I don't think they're the all be all end all. I've journeyed with people for 10 years. Their lives haven't changed. You have to also have other therapies going along with it is my experience. You're not going to get very far. I, just from what I've seen over the years of people, mm-hmm. you know, they'll have a little awakening for a second and then you go back into patterns. Right. Right. Yeah. That's such an important point to, because it's so easy to just slip into going to ayahuasca every weekend and having those peak experiences, but having resources and support system to integrate it and do continuous expansion is so important. So I'm really glad you brought that up. So going back to that canvas, that art, Susie, I love how you talk about your business being like an artist and business being a canvas, how you express yourself and express your spiritual journey in the world. So with that, I'm curious, what is your process of creating those businesses? Do you get intuitive downloads? Do you see visions? I know you've never made a business plan and yet you have created $500 million business. So what is your process? So I, what I do is wait till I feel a sensation in my body. For example, this program I'm bringing out after 14 years, it just keeps coming back around again. So I have four things that I determine resonance. Number one is there's usually a body sensation. You know, the chills when people go, oh my God, I have chill bumps up my arm or up my leg or up the back of my neck. You know, there's some body sensation that goes on for me. The second one is the idea does not leave me alone. It just keeps coming back around. The third one is synchronicities. You know, I just keep going, oh my gosh, I, you know, see this billboard that has this word, this word keeps popping up, right? Or 
someone's doing something similar, like literally once you start focusing on it, the, the universe will start, you know, playing with you to go, look, look right here. Here you go. Here you go. It's almost like little reminders. Mm. And the fourth one is my energy is more. I am more with that resonant idea or a live idea, I call it, than I am without it. So whenever I have an alive idea, I try to get a team around it and see if there's aliveness within the team. And that's how I start launching something. So for example, Supernatural, that's a new company of mine. And I just kept, it just kept pondering like what's happening in cleaning. And then, you know, somebody comes, they try to sell me a, a bottle with twice as much plastic that's not recyclable that one of the top natural companies is using. My mom dies of MDS which causes leukemia that they tell me at MD Anderson is they believe caused by chemical exposure. So I'm more just curious, like what the hell is going on? And then of course I meet this, this hippie chemist and, you know, I get chills and we start talking like literally it's like, it's like surfing, like the, the universe, if you pay attention, if you're present, will lay out for you this lane, like, do you want to follow the idea? Right. And if you do, that's how businesses, I believe the most successful businesses are created because you have the resonance within you. You have more energy. There's literally a bigger field of energy than you have if you just have a strategic idea that you're trying to implement. Because to me, it's like pushing a boulder up a hill. You can do it, or it's like trying to create a wave. Let's say that it's like trying to create a wave rather than getting on an energetic wave. So it's like, oh, this corner's empty. You know what should go here? An ice cream shop. My uncle had an ice cream shop, but there's no body sensations. There's no synchronicity. It's not your passion. You just think you can make money. You probably could make money at that ice cream shop, but it's going to be hard, right? You're not going to have what it takes to see it all the way through. And I think that's the reason those 75% of small businesses fail is it just seems like a good idea. It's not a live idea. So I wait for that thing that turns me on because then it's this passionate expression that has to be birthed just like a child. I'd love to hear your perspective on this. One thing following something that feels alive and there's synchronicities that come up, but it's another thing to not give up in the face of adversity, of difficulties that may happen in the team. It sounds like you've been through it all. And what is that feeling that just keeps you going no matter how hard it gets? It's that perseverance, that courage. Well, again, it depends on how you view the thing. I view my business as a living dynamic organism. Just like my children, I am not going to let it die. I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to get up all hours of the night to feed them. Even though I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm worn out, I am going to do it because I love them, right, as much as I love myself, and I'm not going to let them die. It's the same thing with your business when it is an alive idea, and if you see it, as a living dynamic organism, you're going to do whatever it takes. That's what I mean by you have that. It's almost like a passionate resonance with it. If you don't have that, you're going to be like, screw it. I'm done. This is too much work. So there's a difference between why you work. That's what Simon Sinek talks about your why. So we're kind of alluding to the same thing. But I literally look at it as an energetic being. My job every single day is to take care of this being, to nurture it, to fulfill it. It's going to scream. It's going to cry. There's going to be drama. There's people I'm learning about myself the whole time. I will tell you in the 13 years 
my big claim to fame is not a $500 million company. It is, I am an incredibly much better person than I was 13 years ago. I have grown more inside myself in this 13 years than I was before. And sure, I made a lot of money. That's a natural manifestation of the internal abundance that you have, an outpouring. Internal abundance. I love the sound of that. What exactly does that mean? And how did you develop that? Well, I mean, first of all, you need to, that's what I'm saying. Like when I go in and I harvest inside, I'm harvesting inside myself, looking for those deep triggers, barriers, whatever's happening. Like this hard time I just went through this month. It was brutal. I've, I've never, in all of my years of being on this really amazing spiritual journey, I've never cried uncle. Like I literally called my mentor, Gay Hendricks, and I cried uncle. I, I was like, I don't know if I texted him uncle that time, but I was like, like I'm done. Like I've got to do a timeout here. And it was really beautiful. It's so funny. <laughs> I won't tell you what he told me. But but what I know is that when I got through that experience, I have cleaned up so much of old religious programming in my being, of how I used power, how I didn't own my own power, how I didn't think I was powerful. And it was just a business, right? But for me, it was so, I had the internal abundance from that situation, which from the external world may look like it was chaos. I won. And, you know, we're talking legal. There's cases, if you can look at it from so many angles, I prefer to look at it through, here's what, here's who I became during the process. And I will tell you, I was working with a mediation person and she said, you know, she has never seen anybody hold their, like be in such integrity and really determined to, to learn through the process and deeply do her work. And that was like the biggest compliment. It's like, I'm here to learn, man, and I'm going to do my work. I'm not going to call my friends and bitch about the situation. I'm going to go, what is this here to teach me? When I can do that and I come out with what those teachings are, I'm internally abundant because mm. I am more expanded than I was before the crisis, conflict, whatever you may call it. It's no different than in the ceremony. What happens when you're facing that guilt, shame, ugly, scary, you know, monster, whatever is in the ceremony, you end up facing, right? You, you extract whatever information you need to, and you come out. So for anyone listening who wants to tap into that abundance mindset internally, what do you think are some practical things that everyone can do on a day-to-day -day basis to be a kinder person and to feel more abundant? Yeah. First of all, like you can't, I can't try to be kind. Kindness comes from a deep well within, right? It's like, you know, don't be angry. Well, I would if I could, right? It's like mm -hmm. right now I feel angry. So I think one of the things you can do is to feel all your feelings, like really feel the anger, feel the sadness, like really feel it. I, because I was molested when I was young, in an abusive marriage, you know, tried to kill myself. I had really tapped out of the feeling game. I'm like, and I'm a highly sensitive person. So I was like, screw feeling, right? So I'm just going to numb myself out and not feel, right? Because anger's bad. Sadness, there's just too much there. I'm not going to face it. Once I've been doing the work of really feeling my feelings, what happens is, let's take a pipe. So it's like a pipe. If half of your pipe or most 90% with most of us is unfelt 
sadness and anger. As my mentors, Dan Katie Hendricks say, sadness and anger is unexpressed. Depression is unexpressed sadness and anger. So if I have not expressed that sadness and anger, number one, I'm going to be expressed. I'm going to be depressed. You know why I'm depressed? Is because my pipe is 90% full of that unexpressed sadness and anger. I've only got a 10% open bandwidth to feel joy and love and happiness. So if I can express that sadness and anger, that's what ayahuasca, I think, does so well is help express emotions that we can't express. That's why you hear crying, screaming, wailing, purging, physical vomit. That is somewhat getting us to learn to express that that's one of the biggest, that's one of the biggest triggers you can do for your internal happiness. Simultaneously doing EMDR, doing hypnosis, some sort of somatic body-centered therapy, to move it through the body and come out. And then I got a little lost in your question there, but those are, those are the two things I would do to start creating my internal abundance. Once that, that, that opens up space, then I can start going in and looking, okay, what fertile ground do I have? Let me start harvest from my dysfunction. Let me make a list of the superpowers I've developed from that dysfunction okay, hold on. What was I doing four to six years old? That's what my genius is. How can I marry those together and then start bringing out those good qualities more, realizing when drama comes up, clearing, 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 but really focusing more on alive ideas, living in my genius. And all of a sudden you wake up and you're in just like a a life better than one you even dreamed about. Hmm. What I'm hearing, Susie, is a deep integration of every part of who you are and with that creating space to connect with others because when we're so confused and not expressed within our own inner world it's like you're right we don't have any space to be fully ourselves i remember when i went to this osho inspired retreat a few years ago for the first time in my entire life i was in my mid-20s i expressed anger i screamed i shouted i had a pillow But before that, I didn't even know that was within me. And that was a huge step on my own personal transformation. So I think that's the beauty of today's world. There's so many ways. One way is plant medicine. Another one is different one-on-one work or group work where people can really tap into that, embracing the shadow and the sadness and fears and anxiety. So, so, so important. So with everything that is going on, Susie, following all the alive ideas, supernatural, poopery, your course coming up. What are you the most excited about? I'll tell you. So what happens is as you do this work and continue doing this work, the issue becomes really what do you want to focus on? Because it's like I live in an abundant garden. The reason I am not selfish with my ideas and I give away so many ideas is because my garden is overflowing. And it is plenty, right? It's like, here, go do that. Somebody needs to do that in the world. Does it turn you on? If it does, here, do that. You know how so many people are in a scarcity mindset? Like, somebody's going to steal my idea. I'm like, 95% of my ideas in here, come steal them, okay? If they turn you on, go do it. I actually wish I could have something going, here's ideas, take them. Because, so my big dilemma is there's so many amazing opportunities. It's like, which ones really, really, really turn me on. And also not getting trapped into my zone of, as again, you know, Gay Hendricks says, my zone of excellence. My zone of excellence is an area that the world rewards me for. I'm really good at it. 
but it is not in my genius. You know, that is, and really, how can I really be in my genius more? And my genius is having these conversations with someone like you, right? It is, how can I take us from this world, realize that we are spiritual beings, we're playing here on this planet, and how can I be a light and remind people of that? And how can I do that even within poopery? Like I am, yes, I create in business, but I am like, okay, what's our new thing right now? We're talking about freedom. Okay, how's freedom expressed? How can we express freedom? So the underbelly of poopery, you may, we're just a poop spring in the world, but all of our messaging and everything is giving a much bigger story. For example, talking about poop, that's breaking taboos. Do you know what else we can talk mm. about now? Periods. Yeah. So I'm not, exactly. You can talk about everything. We talk about poops, periods, body hair, <laughs> flatulence, that we do shit, you know, like there's so much that we can do. And that's, I am about freedom and un, really getting rid of these shackles and this conformity and oppression that I was, you know, a program to be in. And how can that happen through my brand, Supernatural? If you look on the website, supernatural.com, you'll see they're all naked people. Why is it naked? It's because naked's free. People are like, I can't believe you're doing a cleaning brand with all naked people. I'm like, why not? Like, come on, it's so natural. You can clean naked. But how much more free can you be than being naked out running in the woods? Mm. I thought that as soon as we moved into this cabin in the forest two weeks ago, and I started doing that, then I realized in the country, people don't have cell phones. So they, when they have a message to deliver to you, your neighbors, they just show up. So I stopped running around naked then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do it in your front yard. <laughs> right. But everything you were just saying, I actually have screenshotted a post that you wrote the other day that I thought summarizes so well what you just said. You said, I might be a successful businesswoman, but that's not what I want to be known for. I want to be known as a revolutionary explorer of infinite potential in the playground of life, who loves to inspire others and bring them along for the ride. That's incredible. That's so yeah. that that brings me to the point of we've spoken about poopery and supernatural, but then there's the personal brand, the Susie Batiz. And from what I have seen from the outside, it looks like you have really allowed yourself to release any thoughts and judgments you have had about the idea of personal brand in the past few months or year and really start building that because you see this value in it. I just see such full-fledged self-expression in the area and the way you share and the place it comes from, it's just so potent. So what's been your journey with that from stepping up from behind your brands and really being yourself, being your own brand? Yeah, I think first of all, I had to stop thinking about it as a brand. I call it a brand, but the way I treat a brand is differently than, you know, when I first started on social I don't know. It just got all super weird for me. And then I realized this is merely another form of creative expression for me. So when you see me, what I'm doing, I'm a natural sharer. Oh, my genius also is I share. If you come to my house, well, you do see my house, but if, if we were in my house together, I'd be like, oh my God, you're not going to believe this latest, greatest, whatever I'm eating, ingesting, you know, whatever. I'm going to tell you like, I'm an explorer, right? I'm an explorer with food. I'm always on some new diet just because that's what I do. It's I just not about being thin. It's about like, yeah, that sounds cool. All alkaline, let's do that, you know? And 
I'm a natural sharer. So what connected for me is that social is a place I can share. So if you look, my posts aren't, oh, here's what I'm doing. Isn't Susie cute and beautiful? It is, here's the depth. Here's what this means. Here's a sharing, a learning that I've had that I can share with you. That's the purpose of me. Most of what you see on social, every once in a while, you'll see, you know, yes, of course, Susie's cute and she's done great things, but that's not most of the content. For me, it's like a blog. It's a place of expression where I can go, I want to, I've learned this information. I'm going to share it. You can follow if you want. You don't have to, but when you come here, I'm going to be sharing something I've learned because that's what I do. I'm just a nat. That's my natural gift. So with that, I really come to a place of play. It's like, yeah, I'm playing. What's the best thing that has happened to you on social media? I think one of the the things that I like most is that I can record now and doesn't matter too much what I look like. You know, if I, I don't re-record a lot, it's just riffing. So I stutter, I'll say words wrong. I think that's the thing that I've enjoyed best about it is watching that evolution and me as a person kind of going, yeah, here's I am. Here's my morning thoughts. See, I just can't even talk right mm. now. It's like, okay, whatever. Mm. This is the way I feel this morning. That's just been really fun. So that's probably the best thing that I've experienced. Mm. I love that. There's such authenticity and just purity about how you show up on social media. And I can see why, because you really are not attached to it. You just show up, you share your lessons, you close it, you go back to killing it in the business and and doing what you're committed to in the world. You don't spend all this time obsessing over it, it sounds like. No, and I don't even have, you know, I have a girl that helps me write content. What she basically does is she listens to podcast interviews like this and she'll just transcribe what we're saying. She'll help me in a post. And I'll go, no, that's not really, really meant. What I really meant was this. So she's helping me guide as well as when I'm, because I do a lot of my own writing too, she just straightens it up, fluffs it up, and then she matches it with a picture. So for me, I love collaborating with people. So that's really fun. Or they'll say, you know, hey, I think we should do something on, you know, there's this article about resonance today. We just did a post about resonance and in churches that I sent them. I'm like, look at this. People say that, you know, because I talk about resonance and, and churches are built for the resonant, to create a resonant field. So we just posted today. So to me, that's fun. It's like playing ball. I toss them like, look, you know, there's this article and they go, oh my God, we have these pictures of the church we haven't used. And I go, that's great. You know, remember the story of how I didn't want to buy it? And everybody's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Oh, you know what just popped in? Okay, so in business, a lot of times you don't get to see immediate manifestations. You know, like when I launch a product, it's going to be a year and a half before it's on the market, right? Because of the marketing, you know, bottling, packaging, formulating, you know, going all the way back, developing, like it's a long process. What's fun about social is I, this was my toss to them this morning and I have a post up two hours later. So it's a real fast way to create for me that I enjoy that I don't get to see in a lot of the business world. It's like painting a picture. Like, oh, let me get a paintbrush. Woo, 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 woo. Here you go. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. I, I hadn't realized that until you just asked me that question. I love that so much. That's, you know, that's the reason I love social media too. It's this way to create yourself and to get clear on who you are and what matters to you. And I find that how we curate what's in our feeds and who we follow is really a representation of what we invite into our world. 
because what we see in the feed ends up impacting our subconscious. And then we create our world, our actions, our businesses based on what we see and based on what we feel. So I think the more intentionality we bring into it and the more intention we all share from that deeper place, the more abundant the world becomes for everyone because it's such a cool way. Social media is such a cool way to just see what's possible and then try it on and get playful and see what applies to you, what doesn't. And just like you said, like use it as a paintbrush and paint your life, paint your business. And I'm sure that you are that for so many people, Susie, with the way you share just so unapologetically without a filter. It's so inspiring and refreshing just just your presence in itself whether there's words or not it's very bold and inspiring and I'm grateful that you are showing up more and more in the world of social media thank you I also think it took me a while I am not going to talk about shit I don't know Mm. so it's also taken me a while I'm not one of those people I get a little frustrated sometimes with people talking about I don't know I feel like there's a lot of shallowness Whatever I'm talking about has been a true deep lesson for me. And that's also a level of accountability I keep myself to is that I have to walk my talk. Anybody that's near me that knows me, I'll say Susie walks her talk. I do that because I'm being, I'm holding myself accountable online. You know, it's like, yes, I've learned this lesson, but also I need to walk this in the world. And this, if it's the way I walk, then I'll share it. If not, I'm still learning and I'll let you know I'm still learning. But so there's also an accountability factor that I really like. Yeah, I'm so with you. I'm so with you on that. Sometimes I look at what people are sharing and I ask myself, you know, why am I not sharing this? Why have I not released this kind of product? And then when I get honest with myself, it's just this clarity of, you know, when my time is right and if it's right, I will share it, but it has to be fully ripe and have come full circle. Yes. That's why I haven't written a book. People mm. are like, why don't you write a book? I'm like, I can write 10 books, mm-hmm. but this is literally my life's work. Mm. I'm mm. not going to just put something out there. Social is a way to put it out there. It's like, yeah, I can put it out there. I right. learned the lesson. It's great. But really, like that's a project that I want to take on that is really, really important if I put it out there in that physical form. Right. Okay. Before we start wrapping up, I have to ask you about something that I noticed in your beautiful home. And it is crystals. You have the beautiful citrines in your office, the stunning amethyst in the meditation room. What role do crystals play in your life? What's your relationship with them? Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm all about energy. Crystals actually, you know, emit energy. There is an energetic field around them. And the citrine in my office, I was in India nine or 10 years ago, and I had an Vedic astrology reading. And they chose a crystal for me, and it was citrine, which is in India known as the merchant stone. Um, And it's a form of prosperity. So that's why it's in my office. In my yoga room, I have amethyst because that's basically very sobering energy. It's really good for people that want to get sober, right? And even though I want to get sober, even though I am sober, it's, it's always like, what do I need to be sobering from? It's a very cleansing crystal. So I use them wherever I need beside my bathroom. I have lots of selenite beside my bathtub. But I just really try to harness that energetic field and use them to help amplify. They're not the be all end all and they're a part of the equation. Right. Is there a particular crystal you're working with now or drawn to now? 
Not really. That was, I was again, really into that, you know, 10 years ago. Now I just use them as I feel called. But right now, no, I don't have any that I'm particularly like wearing right now in my body. You know, I've gone through different stages of rose quartz and I mean, just so many, you know, through my different stages of healing. And right now I'm crystal free. On my <laughs> I love that. I love it. <laughs> Which is kind of nice. Yeah. I just thought about that. I'm like, hold on. I don't have anything I'm wearing. It's a sobering reminder that we don't need anything outside of ourselves to be fully aligned and resonant. Yes. Wow. This has been an incredible conversation. I'm so excited to share it. Is there anything else, Susie, you're called to share before we wrap up? No, I just appreciate what you're doing. I'm inspired by you living in the woods. I was just realizing I have like National Geographic going on in my house right now. Like, you know, I, I have my fifth beehive in my house. I had birds in my house. I had all these worms on my floor last night. And I'm like, I need a place and I need nature. Like nature is literally coming into the temple transformation. <laughs> so I need to find myself. So I so appreciate that you've done that. Yeah. Thank you. Embracing it all. And by the way, I saw your stories this morning, seeing Red Cardinal that represented your mom. I saw one yesterday yeah. for the first time since we moved here. And I was just so taken by that bird because it's so bright, so fast, so red. And then I saw it on your stories this morning. And I just thought, wow, I have to tell you that this happened. Yes, I know. That was so sweet. When I got your message, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, 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 yes. And thank you. All right. So what's the best way for everyone listening to connect with you and your work and the course that's coming up? Yeah, you can go on to suzybatiz.com. That'll be updated. There'll be a really fun. I'm doing a little interactive piece on there where you can follow and track in a live idea. That'll be up around mid-July. My birthday's on the 17th. That's our target. Also that big kind of feature comes out. And then you can Instagram. I do my own Instagram as far as all the messages on there and DMs right now. So if you want to connect with me personally, you can go on to Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. It's not me. It's my team. I'll pop in there every once in a while, but I like to be honest about that. Um, but yeah, people have said my post or my feed is skulls, <laughs> scroll stopper. They said, you're a scroll stopper. I'm like, what's that? And they're like, we stop scrolling and read. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so if you want to, if you want to stop your scrolling <laughs> and kind of learn a little, some little nugget of wisdom that I, that I want to share, just come on, please. I'd love to, I'd love to connect with you. That's a new one for me. Scroll stopper. That might have to be the name of this episode. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Susie, thank you so much for all the work you do for having this conversation with me. I'm so excited to watch where you go next to support you and to keep connecting with those alive ideas that you're sharing with the world. I appreciate you. Mm, thank you so much. I appreciate you doing what you do. Keep doing it. We need more light in the world. Mm. More, more, more. I'll be seeing you on the stop scrolling place. Yes. <laughs> Bye. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends leave a review and find all the show notes on wokeandwired.com and connect with me on Instagram at wokeandwired. Stay woke, stay wired, and have an incredible day.